Last week, uh, we're not going to teach long tonight, but we're going to teach good. Last week, um, we talked about some of the powers um, that exist in the world today that are not holy, that are unrighteous, that, that have um, effect in our lives or potentially in our lives, and uh, a lot of times more than we even know. And a lot of times they have an effect in our lives because we allow them to have an effect in our lives. Uh, a lot of them, times they have an effect in our lives, not just because we allow them to have an effect in our life, but because literally we open the door for them to have an effect in our life. So we're in uh, October, which if you, if you notice, like uh, we're just kind of at the end of harvest season in the in farming terminology uh so uh but the world wants to click, click, uh so the world and the example there in our bible there was a man named noah and then two by two god sent the animals to get on the ark god flooded the whole earth and saved noah and his family and when he did this it was a very powerful time but it happened because the whole earth had turned uh, wicked. They, were, they weren't listening to the voice of God. They weren't listening to the things of God. They weren't listening to what God has established as uh, his covenants uh, and his desire for uprightness and just, just a, a literal right and wrong, okay? So then Noah finishes the rainstorm and waits for the waters to recede. The, the ark rests on uh, the mountains. King James says on Mount Ararat, but somewhere in the Ararat area for sure. Uh, but the ark rests there. And after Noah comes off of the ark, he goes and makes an offering to the Lord. And the Bible says that he took of all the clean animals, which means he had prepared to give to God before because there were no animals on the land. The animals had to be in the boat with him. That's the only animals that existed. So he was prepared to give to the Lord before he stepped off the boat. So he got off the boat and the Bible says he offered of all the clean animals to the Lord. It became a sweet savor to him. And the Lord says, I'll never curse the earth again. And he made a promise in the sky and the promise, does anybody remember what the promise was? Rainbow. Exactly, beautiful rainbow. My kids love to see rainbows. I love to see rainbows. I love rainbows uh, completely. Uh, but what you will find is the devil is always trying to use what God has established to turn it on its head to desensitize us. Before I finish that point, uh, I'll just make a real quick one. Uh, have you ever seen a movie and somebody slams their hand in a door and when they do, uh, they say, Jesus Christ. Or, or maybe you're around people at work and, and they just haphazardly, when something bad happens, they stub their toe, Jesus. Well, this is, not, uh, this is not by accident that this happens. This is a very strategic desire of the devil to desensitize you to the name Jesus. If you want proof, here's proof. Have you ever seen somebody slam their head, their hand in the car door and go, Muhammad? No, because the devil doesn't give two foots about the name Muhammad because the name Muhammad is not above every name that can be named. 
at the name Muhammad, I don't have a requirement for my knee to hit the ground and my tongue to confess that he is Lord. The name Muhammad doesn't make everything that's on the inside of me come to life again. The name Muhammad doesn't talk about the Son of God who was slain from the foundation of the world. The one who took the sins of you and me on his back, defeated death, hell, and the grave, then stepped out of a, a, a borrowed tomb only to be crowned the great victor of all time that makes you and me heirs and joint heirs into his kingdom. No, the name Muhammad does none of those things, so the devil does no, has no need to desensitize you and me to that name. Have you ever seen anybody stub their toe and go, Buddha? No. But sure enough, they'll try to desensitize, take what God has called holy, good, and righteous, promise, and a representation of grace where sin had abounded, God decided he was going to be, uh, he was going to give mankind another chance where sin had abounded. Grace was abounding much more. And now, uh, uh, there are, there are movements out there that are trying to use the rainbow, the rainbow flag, and wave it high in the sky. That's why it's a flag is because that's as close as mankind can put something in the sky that will stand there. So they take the rainbow, they run it up a flagpole. Now the rainbow is in the sky and it is effectively the devil trying to thumb his nose at God and say, and see what you thought you were going to use to show grace, what you thought you were going to use to show as a promise. I'm going to wave it in your face, which says, see, you promised you'll never destroy us again we can do whatever we want to do we can act out how we want you can't do it because you said you'd never do it and he's just trying to thumb his nose and wave what God gave us as a promise of grace in the face of God it's constant it's everywhere this is Wednesday night so we might get deep for a minute but this is everywhere it's, it's all the time it's a desensit- uh, it's, it's an effort to desensitize humanity so that we'll put Jesus in the same pile with every other religion so that we'll put uh, uh, Jehovah God in the same pile as every other religion. It's an onslaught. But you and me, what are we? We are wise as serpents and harmless as dove. We are, we are not going to perish because the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. But you and me are going to study. We're going to show ourselves approved. We're going to get wise to the wiles of the devil and we're not going to fall into his snares. So in this season, we're in uh, the world we call Halloween season. I just want to bring a few points tonight on the powers that exist uh, in the, 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 the powers of the air, uh, some places the Bible talk about, but, but literally in the, in the spiritual realm, the powers that we, that we deal with and wrestle with. Ephesians 5 and 8 says, For you were sometimes darkness, meaning before you became a Christian, you were in darkness. But now you... Uh, You are light in the world, so walk as children of light. It's very interesting there. He says, you are the light in the world. Then it doesn't say, so children of light, walk. It says, walk as children of light, which means you have a choice on how you walk. You can either walk as a child of light, or you can choose not to. And the Bible makes it very clear on on several different areas. To not make a choice is actually to have chosen the opposite, okay? So 
uh, to not choose to have chosen. Another place the Bible says, if you're lukewarm, he'll spit you out. Meaning you can't, you can't be in the middle. There's no middle ground with God. You are either with him or you are against him. These are the two options. Nobody likes to hear it, but it's the truth. So he says, walk, not, hey, children of light, go for a walk. He says, walk as children of light. Which means we don't, uh, uh, I'm just going to keep going. We don't walk like the rest of the world. For the fruit of the Spirit is, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Last week, we talked about how we kind of decipher things, especially things that, that we have. A, some things, it's kind of knee-jerk. Uh, you kind of know one way or the other. It's not a big deal. It's a big deal, whatever. Uh, other situations uh, might be a little uh, harder to determine. The, the questions that we can ask is, is it good? Is it righteous? And is it true? If it passes those three tests... Uh, generally speaking, we're not going to have a problem with it. But if it fails one of those three tests, now you've got to make a decision. Am I going to walk as a child of light? Or am I not? Is it good? Is it righteous? Is it true? Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Trying to learn what is pleasing to God. And here's where I want to really hit for just a second. And listen, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. The New English translation says, don't participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. There are people that you know whose children are wrestling with nightmares and they have no idea that what they're allowing them to watch on TV is kicking the door open. And you and me, if we'll walk as children of light and we can expose those areas, wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. You ever seen a dove hurt anybody? We're not going to hurt anybody. We're not going to go hit them over the head with a Holy Ghost hammer. We're not fixing it, but you're going to have opportunities where you're going to be able to shine a light on some areas that they just don't know. When you said yes to Jesus, you actually got called to the ministry. And ministry is spelled W-O-R-K. So as we're going through life, we're going to see these opportunities. You're going to stand out for a lot of reasons. Number one, you don't walk in the darkness. You used to be in darkness. Now you're the light, and you walk as a child of light. You don't walk like you used to walk. You're different. You weigh what you do and what you don't do, not by who's going to be there and what they'll think about you, but is it good? Is it righteous? And is it true? Furthermore... We're not going to participate in evil stuff. Just period. I'm not, I'm not being slow because, because I want you guys to yell at me. I'm being slow because I, I, I really want to. And some of you are going to go, that explains so much. So stick with me to the end. But we are not going to participate in things that are evil. We are not going to give place to the devil. You remember Jesus said, seek and you will find. Ask and it'll be answered. Knock and the door will be opened. We love thinking about that when we think about knocking on heaven's door. But if you knock on the devil's door, he will answer it too. You're going to have enough fights in your life 
but you don't have to go find them. You're going to have enough issues with the devil that you don't have to go looking for him. We don't have anywhere in our Bible where people went to go find the devil. It seemed like people were pursuing God and the devil just kept finding them. But we don't have to go, like you don't wear, you don't put on like bug spray, like off that stuff. Or, or like when I was a kid, do y'all remember this? They used to give you skin so soft. The Avon stuff, that stuff didn't work. That stuff was like, was like an appetizer for the mosquitoes. It was like, it was like oh, good. It's like awesome. And they would, they, would, they would still get you. But if you go and put all of the off, all the off on, you go put all the off on, all the bug spray on. And I told you there's a room with a million mosquitoes in it, and you don't have to go in. Even if you had the repellent on, you still wouldn't have, you still wouldn't be wise if you walked in the room with the million mosquitoes. There is a wisdom to living for God that does not exclude you from battle, but it does present you in places where you're not fighting battles that maybe God wasn't causing, calling you to fight. Sometimes we look at our lives and, and we want to blame God for what's happening. Or we go, I wonder why God. But if we were honest and we were honestly looking at it, we would go, I don't know that the Lord really wanted me to be at that bar at 3 o'clock in the morning having drank 8 million drinks that night. That was probably not his will. So, and then you're like, then you get arrested and you're in jail. And you're like, well, you know, it's the will of God. No, the will of God was not for you to be arrested. Well, when I was in prison, I met a man who told me about Jesus and my life got right. Well, that's because somebody in your life was good for them who love God and are called according to his purpose. But when he sat up in heaven and he says, I have plans for them. I knew them before they were in their mother's room. I love this one. I want him to be rich. I want him to be smart. I want him to be good looking. I want him to be a great preacher. I want him to drive a maroon truck. I want him. (laughs) He didn't give one person that one and then go, now this one here. I'm going to have fun with this one. I'm going to make them uh, uh, get so messed up. On, 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 and I'll bring them back. And I'll loop them back around. And then from then on, their life's going to be good. No, God has plans for your life. is for you to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. He doesn't map out the other stuff. He said, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying if you've got that in your past or you're even dealing with that now, God can help you. But it was not his plan for you. It was not his plan for you. You have your own brain. My pastor, he's got one rule when it comes to to animals. He never rides anything with a brain. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I'll drive a boat, I'll drive a four-wheeler, I'll drive a motorcycle, I'll drive a truck, I'll drive a tractor, I'll drive a bulldozer. He said, but don't you put me on a horse, I'm not driving anything with a brain. Because if you got a brain, now you can make a decision. That horse can be the best trained horse on the planet. You can kick him with your feet and he's supposed to go up the hill. But that horse can still decide to go the other way. 
Because God's got a brain. You have a brain. God gave you the ability to choose. So uh, for you and for me, we're going to get very wise about areas and things and decisions that we make. Because Ephesians, same uh, book, different, uh, next chapter, verse 11 uh, says, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles. We don't use that word very often anymore. But like the schemes of the devil. So uh, I'm not going to get into the armor of God. Uh, but verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places. First, let me take the, the cap off. It doesn't say you don't wrestle. It says you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You're in a constant, you are in constant battle. You're in constant battle. The, the devil is constantly trying to trick you. He's trying to convince you. If he, if he can't get you with, with, with doing something wrong, he'll try to get you thinking that you're so righteous that you can't do anything wrong. And then you become of no good to anybody that's lost because nobody wants to deal with somebody that's self-righteous. So he's always trying to get you. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We, we wrestle uh, against powers, uh, principalities, rulers, in the, in the, in rulers uh, of darkness, but in high places. One translation says in the heavens or in the spiritual realm. So we're constantly wrestling against spiritual things that are constantly and specifically raging war on you and me. Now, before I get into to too much of that, I want to point out, it says rulers, of, uh, rulers uh, of the darkness of this world. The reason it says rulers of the darkness of this world, because, because to rule the darkness of this world, okay? So, uh, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 1, I believe it's verse uh, 26, uh, the, the Lord says that mankind is made in His likeness, His image. Then He says, and they're going to take dominion, and He goes on to tell everything to take dominion over it. Then it says, over the whole earth. So, it, it's, it's, like, it's like any authority, there is an authority, but there is a higher authority. So the mayor, the mayor over College Station is the mayor, and he's got a lot of authority. But if the governor of Texas calls him, that governor of Texas has more authority. The governor of Texas has a lot of authority. But if the president calls him, that guy's got more authority than the governor. Well, uh, 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 the president has more authority than the governor, and the governor has more important authority than the mayor. The mayor has more authority than the city council member. There are levels of authority. These spiritual powers of wickedness and darkness, they have authority, but they're only authority authority is in the realm of darkness but the Bible says you and me we were in darkness now we're in light we walk as children of light and when you use the name of Jesus every knee will bow you are the authority in this situation they are not so we are wrestling against uh, spiritual powers. We are wrestling against wickedness. It's coming from every area. The easiest thing to pick on and the quickest way to get an amen in a church like this is to say something like, you know that stuff that comes on TV and the stuff that comes on the computer and we all knee jerk and we say, that's right, glory to God, preach on preacher. But I'm telling you, there's stuff that goes on between our very ears that is worse than anything that's coming on that, that television set because the television set is out there. 
But what's going on in here is doubt and unbelief. And I can't believe they said that to me. And I can't believe this is happening around me. And all of a sudden, we get to a place where we are in a little spiritual ball of our own where we're wondering, how can I be effective for God? What can I do for God? When the whole time God's going, you are the authority. They have no authority. They're rulers over darkness. But let me tell you something. Light and dark cannot be in the same room. They cannot be in the same room. I I mentioned it last week. You open the refrigerator door, unless the bulb is out, it's light. You shut it, it's dark. How do I know? I don't. I was told that. I can't open it fast enough to tell. But light and darkness cannot uh, uh, facilitate the same environment. So what we have to do is we have to recognize that we are not wrestling a, 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 an authority that has a, a force over the darkness, but you are a child of light. You're not in darkness. We don't walk in darkness. We don't, we don't, we don't facilitate. We don't participate in things that, 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 where darkness rules. We don't participate in things where, where darkness has the upper hand. No, we are children of the Most High God. It's a, it's a spiritual position of authority that if the church doesn't rise up and take it in this season, The devil has free reign over everybody that wants to listen and be involved in all the evil stuff. And then we've got to pick the pieces up for the next 12 months. And I'm not mad about picking the pieces up. I'll do it. God didn't want God to send us perfect people. I want God to send us people that need Jesus. And we'll teach them about Jesus. We'll fill them up with the Word. But we can't fill them up with the Word if we're walking in darkness too. There's got to be a decision that says, no, I'm going to walk as a child of light. I'm, I'm going to abstain from the things that are not right, good, and true. So it's a different thing. If you've never heard this before, I want you to really go home and think about it and pray about it. I want you to weigh whether or not, it, it, is it good for your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions to be going... And, and, and participating in things that are trying to scare you. I'm not talking about a roller coaster. You know, Isaiah, I believe it's chapter number 8, talks about, uh, briefly, people going to uh, witches and, and uh, 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 different seers that, that, that chirp and mutter, one translation says. And they, they, they speak as though they are touching the other side. And they come and they give information. And, and, and the, 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 the verse concludes like this. It says, shouldn't we just go to God? Have you ever noticed the curiosity level is like at a 10 for the world? I go through the television and I'm like, I'm like okay, find me something to watch on TV. And it's like, it's like uh, uh, haunted prison, uh, haunted house. Uh, this person talked to my dead so-and-so, this person, this, this. and there's, there's 15 different shows that come on and they're all, they're all just enticing you to try to pay attention to the darkness. Try to pay attention to the darkness. And, 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 and here's, here's the thing. If you knock on that door, I'm not saying it'll happen every time, every day, 
I remember one time I was at a, I was at a church camp. It was a great deal. I, we were there, and uh, there was this fad going on of you would go into a bathroom and shut the door, primarily because that's like really dark, using a windows in a bathroom, and you would you know, turn around four or five times, and you would say, I don't even remember the name, some name, and you would turn around three or four times, and you would, you would turn and look at the mirror, and, and whatever the name was, would be that person would be in the mirror. Now, I, I was, at that moment, wise enough not to do it. I said, well, I don't want to see that, so I ain't going to go in there. But I'll never forget, it so impacted me. This one kid, he was super cool. I mean, he was like the cool kid, you know. He's like, yeah, ain't nothing in there. I'll tell you what, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, uh, he goes in, I'll prove it. And all of a sudden, he screams like a, like a, like a little three-year-old girl. Ah! He hits the door running, and he's just weeping, terrified. And he goes, man, I saw her. It was, a, it was a girl name, I remember. He goes, I saw her. I'm like, whatever, man, you didn't see nothing. He said, don't tell me that, man, I saw her. He said, don't nobody else go in there. He said, I don't know what she wanted. He said, but she wanted me. I don't know if every time you knock, you knock on Jesus' door, it's a 100%. You knock on the devil's door, I don't know if it's 100%, but he will answer. You are not children of darkness or children of light we do battle but we don't wrestle against flesh and blood we don't wrestle against things that we can touch we wrestle uh, uh, against the principalities against the powers and and so uh, to conclude different areas uh, sometimes people uh, seasons um, different environments um, a lot of times places, a whole lot of places, have prominent powers, have, have a prominent spiritual air about them. Uh, a lot of times regions have a very specific spiritual principality that has ruled in a region, ruled the darkness of a region. Uh, a couple of examples but poverty, poverty is one of the, the biggest. Um, you go to a place in, in certain areas, you can feel poverty, especially if you've ever been close to it and then God sets you free from it, you can feel it especially. Um, another is like, uh, we don't think of it much, but theft, thievery. Some areas are just like, like you know because they say don't park your car there. You know, there's a sign that says, you know, take all your belongings, you know, whatever. There, there's, there's something happening spiritually there, especially, and a lot of times it goes hand in hand with poverty, of course, and, and the, the socioeconomic side of it is, well, they, you know, maybe they got to steal to this, maybe to this. No, there's spiritual things happening that are very different. All the other things need to be addressed too. Matthew 23, 23 says we should do one thing and not leave the other undone. All the other stuff needs to be addressed too. But you can't fix the problem in the natural because it's not just a natural problem. Another is hatred. Uh, there are areas, especially in the South, where uh, racism is just an overwhelming, can hold an area. And in those areas, it's not to be racist in those areas you don't have to try to be racist that is the culture of the region because of the principalities because of the powers uh, that are there that are ruling and reigning 
Uh, now I just want to talk briefly and then we're going to close. We're going to pray and we're going to close. Uh, so those are some examples of some spiritual powers that happen uh, that, that rule over different areas. This particular region, um, this particular region has had uh, several different uh, bouts spiritually. I'll speak to some that I'm familiar with that, that, that I've seen uh, in my spirit and um, other, other ways. Um, a spirit that has ruled in this region for a long time, a, a principality that has ruled in this region for a very long time, is the spirit uh, or the principality, the controlling entity uh, called confusion. So let me, let me just share a little bit more about that. There have been, because before Crystal and I came here, we did as much research as we could about the area because we really didn't want to be, we knew the Lord was calling us, but we didn't want to be dishonorable to somebody who was already here that we might be in a relationship with, and we just wanted to make sure we were, you know, just trying to be upright best we could. And there have been uh, at least three, but several significant moves of God in the last 20 years in this region. Who, who, who has lived in this region can wave at me and just say, yeah, there's been some significant moves of God. And almost each one of them would, would flare up, would be going great, and then you would watch the, the dissipation of it would come. Uh, sometimes there was, uh, there's really no difference in sin. Sin is all wrong, but what we would just say so we would understand it. There would be an ex- a situation or a circumstance that had extreme sin involved. And then what you had uh, was a people that were following after a movement. And then they couldn't understand how this was happening while all this was happening. And the spirit of confusion is like shaken confusion pixie dust over the whole thing. Because if, if the devil can keep you running in different directions, you know, how good is a football team if all 11 guys just run in different directions? Did you know when, when they kick the ball off to a football, to a, to a guy that receives the ball, every single person on that field knows the plan is that he's going to run to the middle. Or the plan is that he's going to run to the right. Or the plan is that he's going to run to the left. And all 11 guys, or all 10 guys, there's 11, but one guy's got the ball. All 10 guys are blocking in that direction. And then they have the opportunity to be effective, okay? But if everybody just decides, well, I'm going to block this way, I'm going to block this way, I'm going to block this way, the guy who catches the ball decides he's not going to run towards the middle, even though he told him he was going to run to the middle, all of a sudden it's over. There's no effectiveness. So, a principality, does anybody resonate with that? Can anybody say, man, I, I think I, yeah. So, so, over this region, there's been a very significant amount of confusion, especially with what we call Holy Ghost churches or Holy Spirit churches. Uh, Holy Spirit churches, what I specifically mean by that is churches that uh, still believe that the gifts of the Spirit uh, or still in operation. Uh, a couple of ones that seem to really draw some defining lines would be tongues, uh, uh, prophecy, uh, different things. But especially in churches like that, and the reason the devil wants so much confusion there 
is because those who are willing to be spiritual, willing to go after God and worship Him, not just in truth, which we have, you know, there's places you can go get a lot of the Word um, in every area. I'm not picking on this area, but you can get a lot of the Word. You can get a lot of truth. But the Bible says He's looking for people to worship, get this, in spirit and in truth. And when you have that one-two punch, now you become really effective for for the kingdom. And if you get everybody in what we would call one mind and one accord, now things really begin to shift and begin to move. And the principalities, the powers over darkness, they hate it. Because churches like us, we're the tip of the spear. Everybody else gets to benefit from it. And we benefit from some of a lot of what other churches do too. We really do. Uh, But churches like us, we're the tip of the spear. Spirit and truth churches. So we're the the tip of the spear and we begin to push. So what the, the particular principality that I'm speaking of tonight over this region, confusion, what he wants to do is he wants to confuse the people, which is why almost exclusively when the Spirit of the Lord... Uh, chooses to, to deliver a word or uh, almost exclusively if I speak in tongues from the pulpit or from the platform. But anyway, when I speak in tongues, almost exclusively, I do my best to give an explanation. I do my best to, to, to teach, even if it's just briefly. But hey, it's what you just heard. That was uh, also chapter 19. And I, I said, this is a, one of the gifts of the Spirit. Because our church exists to reach the unsaved and the unchurched. And even the Apostle Paul writes, if all we do is get together and speak in tongues, people are going to think we're crazy. And I'm like, yeah, we're crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm thinking. But, but whatever. So I always try to kind of just give just a little explanation. Even though a lot of times we don't have a lot of time, I try to give an explanation because I'm so aware of confusion that will destroy or seeks to destroy a move of God. Because as confusion comes, now your effectiveness is dismantled. So, and and I'll close with this, and then we're really just going to pray. But, uh, what is that, my third closing? That'll work great. One for the Father, one for the Son. And so uh, when, when we bought this building, um, this is the smallest building we will ever buy. Give God a big hand of praise right there. It's the smallest building we'll ever buy. I declare hundreds of thousands of square feet of building filled up seven days a week. Power, miracles, unwed mother houses places where people can just come and be ministered and loved on and set free i'm talking i'm talking just this is the smallest building we'll ever buy in the name of jesus so uh, when we bought this building i've told the story before but uh as it was getting closer and we didn't have the money i had a real uh, heartfelt spiritual emotional encounter with the lord uh, at our house, I, I had a, a trifold um, deal that I had put, you know, the calendar on, and I would mark off a day. Okay, we're this close. So when we told them we had to close on it, contract, all this other stuff, and I'd mark off the days. And we were, we were I think we we're maybe a month away, and uh, we were probably 150,000 short or something like that, or 100,000. I don't remember. It was a lot of money, whatever. 
a lot of money short. And I remember thinking, man, I just, I don't feel like I have any faith. And I remember kind of starting to feel wishy-washy. And if, if, if you've ever been around me, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but I'm not a real wishy-washy person. I'm, I'm, I tend to be very straightforward to the point I got to reel it in a lot, right? Uh, I got to make sure I'm not coming across this too much sometimes. So I was feeling just kind of wishy-washy, and I was like, man, I don't understand this. I said, but, you know, my, my biggest concern was not, you know, not getting the building or, or something in the natural. My biggest concern was I didn't want to make God look bad because I knew what he had told me. And I told everybody, you know, God said, we're going to give us this building. It's going to be incredible. Glory to God. It's going to be amazing. And so now, in the natural, uh, uh, I, was, I was finding myself kind of feeling like I was beginning to lean on my own understanding, if that makes sense. And so I was finding myself there, but I was feeling just this real wishy-washy nature. And so what I did, the Bible says in Jude that we can uh, build up our most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. If you've never been, uh, if you've never experienced the gift of praying in other tongues, God will give it to you. Uh, he, all he asks is that you would ask and receive. But I, I, I knew that, man, I can pray in the Holy Ghost and I can build my faith. So it's like, it's like you got a flat tire, you pump it up. So I needed faith, I know how to pump it up. So I'm, I, I get over there. And I thought, I thought, man, I'm going to get a bunch of oil on my hands because oil represents the anointing. The anointing destroys the yoke. And I got this oil, and I poured it all over my hands, and I got them all ready. And I, I put my hands on this, this the trifold thing that's sitting there. And, and I'm going to bring that thing sometime. But anyway, and I, and I put my hands on it, and I just start praying in the Holy Spirit. Kids are asleep. I don't know, 15, 20, 30 minutes goes by because I, I purposed in myself. I said, I'm not going to get up until I feel faith arise in me. And uh, the Bible says don't tempt God. So I don't recommend you making a habit of, well, I'm just not going to move until God makes it rain right here in the name of Jesus. Let it rain. <laughs> Listen, don't tempt God. But there are times when you know you need your daddy. Amen. You need the Lord. Amen. And I got three kids. And there's sometimes they go, hey, dad. And then there's other times when I hear them and I know they need me, okay? So I needed the Lord at this moment. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just praying, praying, praying. 20, 30 minutes goes by. And uh, Crystal, she's not near as holy as me, so she wasn't praying as long. And she comes over. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She was probably doing everything I was supposed to be doing. And so she comes over and she puts her hands on my hands and she begins to pray. So we're both praying. Almost done, guys. So we're almost, so we're both praying. And, and uh, all of a sudden, I'm taken in a vision. I don't ever remember it happening like this before in my life, my whole life. Uh, and it's just dawning on me. We're, at the time, we were coming closer to this particular season. So that was, this would be around September-ish, maybe late August, maybe. So anyway, I'm taken in this vision, and I'm standing right outside the building, right over here. And, and so I'm standing like, do you know where the dumpster is? <laughs> I'm standing by the dumpster. So, so I'm standing over there by the dumpster, and, and, and I recognize that, that now I'm here. So uh, I, 
I don't think my spirit left, I don't think my building, my, I don't think my body left our house because Crystal would have probably told me, but I mean, I was here, okay? Spiritually, I was here. I can't explain how it happened. I know it happened with Philip in the Bible, but it absolutely happened. And I'm standing uh, out there by where the dumpsters, there was no dumpster, so it didn't smell bad at the time, but I was standing there and, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, well, here's the building. And I look and sitting on the, 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 the pinnacle of the building right back here, right above the cross, was this entity. I can't really describe how it looked or didn't look. Just was, was noticeably evil. Uh, I, I, said, I, said, I said, man, well, I'm going to cast that thing out of here. And right before I began uh, to tell it uh, what to do, it speaks to me. And it says to me, it says, who are you? Well, I know the scripture well enough to know. There were some guys that were trying to cast out some devils and some people. And they were trying to do it in the name of Jesus. And the devil says to them, Paul I know and Jesus I know. But who are you? And they beat the guys and stripped them naked and ran them out of town. And I'm like, who am I? That's what I'm thinking. But then if you think about it, do you remember what the devil tried to do? to Jesus when he had him in the wilderness he tried to misquote scripture to him and I felt in my spirit the answer come up and sometimes the answer even kind of sounds like you uh, because the Lord knows how to wire you because he knows what moments you're going to be in in the future and and my first thought was oh man that scripture where I know Paul we know and Jesus we know but who are you and no longer did I think that thought than right out of my spirit I said you know who I am and he goes yes I do and I said to him I said your time is up I said I said you've been in this area for too long I said and I'm just going to tell you what I said whatever y'all are thinking did he cuss at him I didn't cuss at him y'all come on He's thinking, no, I, was, I wasn't Matthew in him, you know what I'm saying? So I'm sitting there, and, and I said to him, I said, you know who I am? And he said, yeah, I do know. I said, well, I'm not like the rest of them that have come to this town. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm just telling you what came out of my spirit to this, to this thing. I said, I'm not like the rest of them that have come to this town. I said, and I'm here to tell you, your reign in this region is over. And I'm pointing at him. I said, now, you get off of my building and you get down out of here and don't you come back in the name of Jesus. I don't think I said my building. I think I said our building. I said our building. And it gets up, and I can't remember if it's like walking or floating or whatever, but I can tell it's leaving. And I, I, I say, hey, wait a minute. And literally, y'all, like, you know how fast I remember seeing my McDonald's cup floating through the air. I mean, the car wreck happened in like 0.3 seconds, but everything just slows down. So... I remembered a story that I love about Lester Sumrall. Do y'all know Lester Sumrall? Lester Sumrall was on the mission field, and this devil, this demon, came in his room, 
and came in through a window, he said. He made it all cold and it was stinky and it shook the bed. And, and he said, hey, you get out of here. And he even knew the demon because he'd already cast it out of a witch doctor before. And, and I believe it was a witch doctor. Anyway, he said, you get out of here. And the thing shoots out of the door and he looks and his bed was up against the wall and now it's not. He goes, hey, you get back in here. <laughs> and he said, the stink came back and the bed started shaking and it got cold again. He said, put, he said, when I came in here or when you came in here, this bed was up against the wall, put it back. And the bed shook it. He put the bed back and said, now you get out of here. I thought, hey. So I'm sitting here. I'm feeling really good because he tried to scare me by acting like, well, who are you? And I was like, you know who I am. He's like, yes, I do. And I tell him, I was like, you're going to get out of here. I said, I mean, right now it's over. I said, I'm not, I'm not like the rest of them. Go and go now. Jesus said, go. And I'm just, boom, like a gunslinger. I'm just feeling it, man. I just, I like a dungeon. Ha! Just, just in it. And he starts to walk off or float off or whatever. I can't remember. I said, hey. Because I remember Lester Summerall. I said, hey. Wait a minute. Who are you? You see, they rule the darkness. But we are children of light. I said, I said, who are you? He stops and turns around. He says to me in, in a way that Have you ever gotten the truth out of your child and you know they didn't want to tell you? He didn't want to tell me, okay? He turns around and says, who are you? He turns around and looks me right in the face. He said, my name is Confusion. I said, well, Mr. Confusion, you're gone. And he goes on. Go, stand to your feet. I'm done teaching. What I want to make very clear in this season, okay, when things that are evil and dark are just more prominent, like it's one thing to go surfing, it's another thing to go surfing when there's a flag out that says a shark has been sighted today. You should have a heightened level of awareness. It's like there is a tornado warning in your area. How many of you know you shouldn't be hanging, you know, your laundry out to dry, you know? Just because there should be a heightened level of awareness. We're not scared of anything. You are not the hunted. You are the hunter. But this season, okay? It's just, it's just a different season. So for you and for me, it's imperative that we recognize we don't partake with darkness. You know, we're not going to beat anybody over the head because they do one thing or the other. And if you I see my kids and they're dressed up, they just want to dress up. Kids want to dress up. I don't have a problem with a kid dressing up. I, I'm not here to draw any lines for you. I'm here to say we're just going to abstain. A Christian should Abstain from darkness. Because what happens is you open doors. And again, in this region, particularly, I can't speak for other regions. God didn't give me another region yet. 
when we conquer this one, maybe he'll give us another one. I don't know. But this region, it has a history specifically of confusion because confusion will cause division. And the Bible says a house divided can't stand. So for us, we're just going to be super wise. Uh, we're going to be uh, uh, super prayed up in all these seasons. And all this season, and we're going to try to shed light on the subject for anybody who would like to listen, for anybody who would like to have the conversation. So if you hear about something, you know, somebody struggling with an area of fear involved, you can say, hey, well, here's some things that the Bible says about that. Do it in love. Do it as kind as possible. But then, and this is the last point I'm going to make. That's number four, I believe. Uh, just don't tolerate the devil. You know? You, 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 can't, you can't counsel the devil. The devil has to be told what to do, and then he has to do it. But you don't counsel with the devil. Well, I tell you what, I, I know who the devil is. It's Leroy at work. It's not Leroy at work, okay? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against the spiritual matters that don't rule our life. They just rule the darkness. But the darkness is subject to the authority of the name of Jesus, which has been given to you and to me to use. Lift one hand, let's pray. Father, in this season, we intercede today for our region for our country, for the world, but for our region, for the Brazos Valley. Father, we say that wickedness will not have its way here. We say in Jesus' name that we, we will walk as children of light. We'll be your beacon. We will expose the works of the devil when they come up, especially in our families. And we declare that in this season and every other, that our children will never have nightmares in Jesus' name. We declare that fear will never have a hold in our life. We declare in Jesus' name that our marriages will be stronger every day in the name of Jesus. We declare that the powers that have ruled this area have no authority. The name of Jesus has all the authority. And we say, like your archangel Michael said, confusion confusion the Lord rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You have no place in our homes. We will not tolerate you. We will not tolerate darkness in our houses. We will not tolerate darkness around us. We are the sons and the daughters of the Most High God, and we refuse to tolerate the wiles or the schemes of the devil. So this day, God, I ask you to empower us with boldness, but help us to be so wise that we do not become partakers of the evil nonsense 
that so many people are lured into, so many people are tricked into, so many people are led by the hand into, we declare that righteousness will be the standard in our life. Not because we can somehow earn our way to you, but because you're the God of righteousness, Jehovah Sidkenu. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that all of our loved ones would know you, uh, all of our loved ones would serve you. We pray in the name of Jesus that confusion would never have a foothold in the children of New Heights Church. We pray, Father, that the fire of God would so consume them that all they would do is pursue you the rest of their life. Now, Father, lastly and in closing, we lift up the schools in this region. The places where our children go where we are not there. Father, we lift up the colleges in this region. And we say these devils will not have their way in the dorm rooms. They will not have their way in the, in the apartment complexes. They will not have their way in the fraternity houses, in the sorority houses. They will not have their way on any campus in the name of Jesus. That the spirit of suicide has no place in this region. That the spirit of suicide has no place in this region. None. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would grant this region an open heaven. Just like Jacob saw angels going up and down, up and down. Father, that angelic intervention would be the standard in this region. Father, that people wouldn't just come here for an education, but in Jesus' name, that they would receive an impartation while they're here, and their entire family dynamic would shift. Father, we today lift you up. We declare that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. We, do, we rebuke fear. We rebuke confusion. We rebuke every uh, symptom that is contradictory to the Word of God. And every power and principality that has ruled and reigned the darkness in this region, be it known unto you that you have been rebuked. The Almighty God does not sleep, nor does He slumber. The hand of God is upon each one of us. We are protected. Our children are protected. The blood of the yoke of bondage. And we, and if you agree with that, somebody give God a big shout.